Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I am bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the abuse of flower power. Emily and Julian are neighbors who are also romantically involved. Julian, with Emily's encouragement, decorated her live-work garage space with a small garden. Both agree that this made it a brighter, more pleasant place to live and work. Julian would like to add a Mexican daisy to her garden. But Emily hates the flower's smell and has declared that she will stop visiting her sweetheart should she cultivate such a horrible plant. Should Julian grow an alternative flower? Or should she follow her nose and crush her significant other's heart? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Give me odorous at sunrise a garden of beautiful flowers where I can walk undisturbed. Walt Whitman. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Judge Hodgman. Why don't you uh, swear these uh, young women in? Julian, Emily, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? Yes, I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that the only thing he has ever cultivated is a handsome mustache? Yes. Yes. Very well, Judge Hodgman. All right, let us cultivate our gardens. Julianne, you are bringing the complaint today? I am. All right. What is your relationship to one another? We are a lesbian couple. Okay. So you're a couple and you live together? We are. Well, she, Emily's crashing with me as we're uh, building her a room in her space. In your initial complaint that you sent in, you talked a lot about spaces. I live mm-hmm. in an apartment, but you live in spaces. Explain to me why you live in spaces. It's basically a garage storage type space, and mm-hmm. it's about a thousand square feet. Okay. And it's nothing but a big square empty space. And the reason I, um, I need to live in this kind of space is because I'm an artist and okay. I need a lot of room to, you know, to let me be messy and make work. Right. That's the difference, of course, between a, an artist and a normal person is that a, 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 right. a normal person does work and right. an artist so makes work. We minimize the kitchen. There's, right. there's no living room. Right. There's basically a, a room that I call an office because okay. technically we're not supposed to live here. Right. So... Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. so, th- so is, this Ju- is, is this Julianne speaking now? Yes. Okay, yes. got it. Okay. And what kind of artist are you? I'm a painter. And what, what materials? Um, I used to work a, lot, uh, work, work a lot with oil paint, but mm-hmm. as of now, I'm working a lot with gouache and paper cutouts okay. on canvas. And large-scale pieces are we talking about? Not anymore. I used to, the largest I've painted was about 16 feet wide, but... Um, storage was a huge problem, so I cut it down to about four feet by three feet. Uh, Emily, are you also an artist? I am, yes. And so uh, what kind of art do you do? I make uh, some mm. mixed media work and some installation work as well. Okay. Um, and so I'm currently building a live workspace out of one of these garage units, which is about four doors down from Julian's. So I don't actually have a space to live in quite yet. It's just a garage and I'm currently building that. Um, So so I'm crashing with Julian. Okay. So you're you're two women artists who are currently illegally living together in a garage. Do I understand that correctly? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fairly common here in LA, actually. There's quite a few people doing it. If you would just tell me the address of where you are, I will reap a substantial reward. <laughs> if, no. I, if, I, if, I bring, if I bring LA's finest down upon your little uh, artistic shantytown. 
<laughs> but I'm not going to do that because I support the arts. What? I even know what gouache you... is. Oh, I mean, like yeah. that. So you're, you're going to colonize your own garage illegally a yeah. couple of doors down. Yeah, I helped Julian build the room, her quote-unquote office, where she crashes in um, not too long ago, about in May. And now she's helping me build my room in my space because I just moved in a couple months ago. Okay, so you are currently crashing in Julian's Yes, and then I'll be moving garage. four garage doors away. Mm -hmm. And you're going to move down four garages away. Yes. And what are you building into your garage, just out of curiosity? Um, I'm lofting my bed. Uh, okay. So I'll be sleeping above my closet slash office. Right. Um, yeah. And you're both and you're both adults? Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. got it. <laughs> well, it's hard to tell. You're living in a garage. I'm not sure. It's hard, <laughs> hard to tell. It's a, yeah. you're, like, you're like the Fonz, basically. <laughs> yes uh, right. something okay. like that all right marvelous so basically my ruling is going to determine which one of you is legally evicted first <laughs> <laughs> but but the nature of the dispute is 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 one over horticulture is that correct let me hear it um, julianne you start you brought the you brought the case right i you know, begin to have a garden because I was taking care of Emily's succulents for a while while she was just moving in and before she had water and power. Mm -hmm. What are succulents? I mean, are you talking about delicious hors d'oeuvres or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just like um, plants that doesn't require much care. Okay. And they can much pretty much just root by drops of leaves and you don't really have to do anything and they'll just grow and prosper by themselves they're plants they're desert plants mm -hmm. they're desert plants mm -hmm. okay and you keep them around just for for be uh, beauty of nature right are they potted plants i take it or do you have a few acres of agrarian land behind your garages <laughs> no i wish but okay. no all right they're all potted so you were taking care of her succulents yes i was taking care of her succulents mm -hmm. and then i've never um i've never had any plants before right and and I realized that it's really nice to have some greens in like this, you know, industrial concrete yeah. building. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you're living in an unfinished garage, you'd like to have uh, some nasturtiums around. I get it. So, so I, I talked to, you know, a few of my neighbors and mm -hmm. then he suggested to use a five gallon bucket because mm -hmm. it'll be wide enough and it'll be deep enough for plants to grow roots. Mm -hmm. And it'll be enough to grow some tomato, squash, mint and basil. Mm -hmm. So I did. And then in the meantime, like a few other friends donated a variety of other um, succulents and to make my garden more colorful. So now you're growing food in, yes. the, in the five gallon bucket garden uh, behind your garage. Is that right? In front of my garage. In yeah. front of your garage. Okay. And shortly after I had the garden started, another mm -hmm. neighbor came over. So the guy at the muffler at the muffler shop next door taught you how to grow squash <laughs> and mint in buckets. Yeah. The they, guy at the body they, shop did this or who? I think it was another, it was a hoarder. He actually just moved out, but he had a house somewhere else it and he had his own garden. A, what do you mean it was a hoarder who just moved out? Because <laughs> What are you talking about? I, what is going on? Are you living you know in what? a hobo jungle? What? John, you live in Brooklyn, so you don't understand the extent to which my city, Los Angeles, resembles a post-apocalyptic wasteland. I feel like I have a lot to learn. I was looking around the space around mid-April, and mm -hmm. that's about when I moved in. Mm -hmm. And what, during the time, another neighbor had told me that the guy is, you know, getting kicked out. Some After guy was I getting kicked out of his garage? Yeah, mm -hmm. the hoarder was getting kicked out of his garage. What was he hoarding in there? 
Um, squash. Everything. <laughs> squash and mint plants. The world. Got gun shelves and random bookshelves and old lamps and random things. Was he also but living? I, was he also living in living in there, or or was this just his storage area? Uh, no, he's not living there. Yeah, he has three good. storage areas. So this is like uh, the the TV show Hoarders. You, you guys don't know. You guys don't know this because you probably don't have electricity or running water. <laughs> but there's there are things called televisions, and they show shows called Hoarders and Storage Wars, and and this and your neighborhood is where those two. They're the hobo jungle where those two shows meet. Yes, yeah, okay. exactly. Got it. So you're living in storage containers, and you're build and you're creating foodstuffs for yourself out of five gallon plastic buckets, including squash and mint for squash mint soup, I suppose. And you're <laughs> storing this outside your garage. Is that right? Yeah. All right. And there... how how often do people urinate on these things? <laughs> Stan does. Actually, my neighbors love my garden. They all love to have little greens, and they would come over and check them out. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And why are you not being arrested? You have a garden outside of your, your non-residential garage space. D- doesn't anyone take notice or is this purely Actually, a lawless I'm land? I'm kind of nervous about that. My, my landlord has um, stopped by a few times right. and I was wondering if she's going to say something, right. but she hasn't. So I, I figured maybe right. she's okay with it. You're going to pay her off with artisanal urban mint sprigs? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But Emily... Mm-hmm. Is the squash the problem? No. Is the mint squash the problem? No. Absolutely. Are your succulents the problem? No, my succulents have been returned back to me now. This is all sounds extremely euphemistic. <laughs> what is the problem? The problem is the Mexican daisy plant that she wants to plant. The Mexican daisy plant. Are you talking about yes. Erigeron cavinskianus, also yes, known as absolutely. profusion or fleabane flower? Yes. I see. Go on. Tell me more about this. Well, so Julian had mentioned that she really likes the succulents and wants more um, plants that aren't just vegetables. And she's always really liked the Mexican daisies that our boss has at her house. Okay, so we should probably mention we also work together. In a a field outside of painting and installation art? No, actually, we work for a painter. Oh, okay. We work out of our boss's house where she has a lot of Mexican daisies planted. She planted them years and years ago, and they've grown to be this enormous bush hedge type thing. For those of you, for those of you listening at home who who might not know, the Mexican daisies or fleabane is a carpeting rhizomatous woody based perennial with lax branching stems and abundant yellow centered white flowers in summer. Blossoms fade to pink and purple. Foliage is hairy and grayish green. Excellent in five gallon drums. Just. Excellent anywhere. They are basically a weed. They self-seed, and mm-hmm. so they get just huge. And our boss has this hedge, and Julian tried to take a bit of it from the house and sure. root it, and she failed at that, and she wants to do it again. And I've been begging her not to do it because I hate the smell of this plant. It is spicy. It has sort of a spicy smell to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And this, like, bitter smell... Um, and I say bitter because it's the kind of smell that when you smell it, you also taste it at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what also, I mean? Also because if you only said spicy, that would be racist. Because of their Mexican <laughs> date? Oh. <laughs> well, 
it's it's hard to explain. Is it like I have you guys ever smelled it, Judge Hodgman? Do you know what it smells no, like? No, but from now on, would you would you address me as your succulents? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I've never smelled it. Okay, this, well, this this whole thing speaks to areas where I've never gone. Okay. Specifically, okay. Uh, industrial areas colonized by artists. And 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 urban farmers. I've never gone to these places, well, so I have not smelled these flowers. It's got this sort of bitter smell. Like the only thing that I really have to compare it to would be like dandelions. Um, oh oh god oh oh my god so disgusting. Oh there's the worst. Wait wait wait. wait. Oh, so, oh, you know, oh oh I you see. Case closed. No, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. You know when you're a little kid and you pick the dandelions and then you get the juice on your hands wait and you go like a couple hours later to eat your peanut butter and wait jelly sandwich, wait perhaps. Right, wait, wait, wait. You know what I look like, right? Yes. But can, we don't have can to you eat. can you picture me as a child picking dandelions? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well for anybody else, this is the only comparison that I have. Okay. When you when you pick the dandelions and you get the juice on your hands mm-hmm. and then you go to eat your peanut butter and jelly sandwich later on, you get the juice on your sandwich, you get it in your mouth, and it's immediately like dries up your tongue, it's bitter, and it just ruins your taste buds and then simultaneously ruins your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The that word, is how I experience Mexican daisy. The word picture you're painting there of your Minnesotan upbringing, going out and picking dandelions and getting the juice on your hands and then having that peanut butter sandwich. That was like a Williams, Carlos Williams poem there for a second. And then it took this hard left turn into disgusting. It, it dries it's, out your tongue. It's so gross. It's- are you either a super smeller or do you have aphasia? Why are you talking about tasting these smells? You, okay, have you never experienced something when you smell your food, you know what it's going to taste like? I smoked cigarettes for 10 years. I don't smell anything. <laughs> that doesn't make despair then. <laughs> but so far, these things have not been planted. Is that correct? They were attempted correct. to be planted. And then you destroyed them with urine or something. No. You... I suspected that she has peed in it. That's really? The, that's my rooting thing. <laughs> really? Oh, shit just got real. <laughs> I was joking, but is that a real suspicion of yours, Julian? That Emily peed she on had, your flowers to kill them? Said that many times, I'm gonna pee in it while you're not looking, and I'm gonna kill it. <laughs> All right, stand by, stand by. Wait a minute. This is a serious accusation, Emily. <laughs> I joked about it. Emily. Did you say to Julian, I'm going to pee in your flowers and kill them? I don't know if I said pee, but I think I said I'll pour coffee in there. Well, that's a euphemism for peeing. (laughs) Everyone knows that. That's a famous Minnesotan euphemism for urinating. You threatened to, but you did not. I didn't, and, and it failed on its own, and and then when it failed, she thought about it again, and I begged her not to, and then she submitted the case to the John Hodgman podcast, and I told her, okay, let's agree that you won't plant it until we get a verdict from Judge Hodgman, and she agreed to that. So, okay. I, you know, and I've come up with, I want to let the record show, I have come up with compromises to this plant. I have made many suggestions in hopes of finding something that we can both enjoy, mm-hmm. um, but Julian just won't meet me halfway, and so... She, she's kind of being selfish. She just really won't meet me halfway, and I'm just hoping that you can decide it for us. What suggestions did you make? For one, I suggested jasmine because it also grows like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of a climber. Mm-hmm. and Well, it is a climber, and mm-hmm. the, the Mexican daisy is kind of a climber. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it has little flowers because Julian doesn't like the big sissy flowers. She likes right. little, you know, inconspicuous ones that you don't really see. She likes when something comes from the smell of the plant itself and not the flower. So I suggested jasmine because I enjoy the smell <laughs> of it. Wait she a minute. Wait a minute. This is a true criterion here. It's got to, the smell's got to come from the, from the stem and leaves, not the flowers. Well, the, okay. The reason I like the, the fact that the, the flower um, the smell comes from the leaves is because I realize a lot of the plants I have, they die in the winter. And mm -hmm. then if I were to have something that relies on the flower to smell good, then it's only seasonal. So you're really into this for the odor. You want it to smell. Yeah, I you really do smell. love the smell. Because it smells from the leaves and it smells year round, this is great for someone who loves the plant, but it's horrible for someone who doesn't like the plant because you never get a break from it. If it was something that was seasonal, I might not have as much of a problem with it, but I have to smell it at work and at home. It's a little too much. You're making all sorts of choices with your life about what you're going to smell when you live in a garage. It's true. Well, what, I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Is your neighbor at the body shop starting yeah, up his generator good. for his, uh, his hoarding engine? I've done some research on jasmine, which smells really, really good as well. But the thing is, it, it won't grow any more than 12 inches per year. And now well, I can see why that would rule things out. <laughs> and who knows how long it's going to take, you know, yeah. for its first blossom. Yeah, who knows how long, how, how long the police are going to allow you to live there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, oh boy, you guys know a lot about plants. Maybe it's not that you're gardeners. Maybe it's just that you're artists and you got a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It only, only grows 12 inches per year. Never would have occurred to me. Just put it in a pot, look at it, smell it, eat it, whatever. So the jasmine is no good because it only grows 12 inches per year. Why are you so fixated on the Mexican daisy when you know it bothers Emily so much? I mean, it's, it's, she is the only person that I know of who doesn't like that smell. Actually, everybody else that I know of. Have you walked up and, and down your block knocking on garage doors, asking your, asking your local uh, muffler men of, and hoarders what they want to do? Uh, and, it's a, and it's a powerful smell? It is pretty powerful, but you, you will have to get close enough to it. No, you don't. You can be half a block away and smell it, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe your smeller is bad. That's only when the wind is strong. And the yeah, wind... when the wind is strong, I am going to have to hide in my no, space no, no, no. like live... there's a windstorm. I will have order. <laughs> you want me to pound some heads, boss? No, it's okay. I know you guys probably settle things in the, in the garage uh, uh, district by fighting in the alleys. But here in Park Slope, Brooklyn, we take turns speaking. Julian, two of your neighbors say they don't like the smell of this thing. And there are lots of other flowers and, and flowering plants and non-flowering plants that you could put in that would preserve what I presume is an important relationship in your life. Why not just let this go? Hmm, well, I guess if, if, if I know of another plant that smells equally good and, you know, doesn't rely on flour, I would consider it, but I really do like that smell. And I don't know, I, I hope, I was, you know, hoping that she would, you know, like the things that I like as well. Oh, now we get down to it, mm. don't we? I don't mean to be, get personal, but how long have you two been together? A little over a year. Okay, yeah. so it's still pretty early on in the relationship. Is this the <laughs> first major uh a difference of opinion that you've had about the smell of something or in your taste in general? She hates all seafood except white fish. No. Oh. And she hates cilantro and she would tell people she's allergic to it so she doesn't have to eat it. Normally I'd be yelling, I'd be shouting order and order, but I'd like to see where this is going so you can just keep going on. What, what else, what other problems does Emily have? Okay, one time, there's one time, I was making dinner for the two of us. And you were on the hot plate that you have in that garage? 
<laughs> I was frying some eggs in a hubcap. So I was making dinner one night for the uh-huh. two of us and a neighbor,、sure. and he's Vietnamese. Just a Mexican daisy was... cilantro stew that you love. <laughs> I was I was craving fish. The the problems in your relationship seem to stem from taste, not just you know how you decorate a place, but like physical taste, how things taste and how things smell. Well, and Julian doesn't like cheese, but do I put cheese in her food just in hopes that she'll like it, just because I like it? No, but、and、I don't make a face about it. I let you eat do. it. Wait a minute. You don't like that. You don't like cheese. I I am trying to understand cheese. I like pizza.、Okay. I like quesadilla. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying different cheese from time to time just to see if if the feeling would change.、Oh. So I'm actually open about you know. You're open to change. You're open to change.、Like、you're trying to find a middle ground.、Right. But if something smells too cheesy, you get grossed out. Would I put like a big block of stinky cheese on the table while you're eating your dinner? No. <laughs> and it's the same thing. I don't want to smell the Mexican daisies while I'm eating my dinner. It's going to be like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, ruined. Wait a minute. You're moving out. Which is beginning well, to seem、I'm、like a pretty good idea. Well, I'm moving four garage doors down,、okay. and I would like to be able to come over and eat dinner with my girlfriend. But、right. maybe she's just—I mean, she'll have to come down to my space all the time if she wants to have dinner with me. Yeah, but you're going to have—you're going to have all that cheese lying around. <laughs> no, I'm saying I don't do that because I believe in a relationship, you're supposed to compromise and you're supposed to understand the other person's feelings, and it's about both people getting what they want and. This is not something that I want. I don't want Mexican daisies in my space twenty four seven. But it's not your space, is it? It's out on the no, street. No, you can smell it from half a block away, and I have to but, smell but it. I know, but but you know what? Here, let me tell you something right now. When my wife and I moved into our apartment building, right?、Uh, we, uh, we 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 loved our apartment, and we still do. It turns out that our bedroom is right next to the trash compactor room. For years, any time I got over. Eighty-five or ninety degrees here in New York City. Our bedroom smelled like trash. And a, we, we, and this is a communal living space. We actually had a right to say we can't have our bedroom smelling like trash. And 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 various efforts were made to、uh, to try to clean up the garbage room so that it smelled better and would go away for a while. But then it would come back. And sometimes you just have to deal with that stuff. All right, I have enough to make my decision. I will go to chambers. I'll be back in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Julian, Emily, I, I have been with my wife now for more than twelve years, and we've been married for several of those. I want to read you this、uh, William Carlos Williams poem,、uh, which will be accompanied by the drums,、uh, and I want you to take a moment to consider its message. Um, I, I think that it's a little bit about the way that there are some things that we keep to ourselves and some things that we share with our partners. It's called Dance Russe. If when my wife is sleeping and the baby and Kathleen are sleeping, and the sun is a flame white disc in silken mists above shining trees, if I in my north room dance naked. Grotesquely before my mirror, waving my shirt round my head and singing softly to myself, "I am lonely, lonely. I was born to be lonely. I am best so. If I admire my arms, my face, my shoulders, flanks, buttocks against the yellow-drawn shades, who shall say I am not the happy genius of my household? It doesn't sound like either of you are going to be the happy genius of this household." <laughs> Maybe you need to get some rooms in these spaces. We're building them. <laughs> Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Thank you very much. 
Hey, Jesse, were you just reading some poetry? Absolutely. That's groovy, man. I was just playing my drums. <laughs> because I think those drums make an argument that neither of you could possibly make, which is a, a distinct audible reminder that you guys live in storage spaces in an industrial <laughs> area. <laughs> the, the fact that you are prettifying it with flowers and squash and mint is hilarious on its own and doubly so in a charming way how seriously you both take it. Look, I'm rooting for you two homesteaders into transforming these uh, disgusting spaces into homes. Here's the thing, Emily, I think first of all, you should go to a doctor <laughs> and take whatever tests are available to see if you are perhaps a super taster. There are some people who are super tasters. Um, yeah, that's cool. It's like it's like a beat poem that I'm that I'm laying down for you. There's some there's some dudes who are who are super tasters, and they have more taste buds in certain areas of their tongue, and different odor receptors in their nose, and as such, certain smells and tastes, and obviously those two are very closely combined, drive them up a tree. Sometimes they can't even stand the smell of the tree that they have been driven up. So it's a real thing. And given the um, real palpable anger you have at, at the prospect of smelling pretty flowers, makes me wonder whether or not you might not be, I'm not going to say afflicted, but differently smelled in this way or differently uh, smelling in this way. Uh, because I think that, that it's something that uh, would affect my decision dramatically if we were to go back to this again in the future. And I have a feeling you guys are going to revisit this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that I would also say, Emily, that uh, there is a concern with with all respect to what I suspect is your uh, your medical condition. <laughs> 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 and and almost pathological hatred of the smell of pretty flowers. I do need to remind you that you live in an industrial area, okay? And as such, you guys are are squatsteading in a world where people are not supposed to be living. And as such, you're going to deal with a lot of things that you don't want to see, hear, taste, or smell all of the time and for you to turn to the to the laws of new zealand where homeowners associations have banned <laughs> the growing of this particular weed called fleabane or mexican daisy because of uh its unacceptable odor and its uh, and its predatory uh weeding uh nature to me suggests like maybe you want to why do you want to go live in the suburbs where you can tell your neighbors what to do but you're an artist you're living in a garage and right now you're living with your uh, girlfriend, your lover, your paramour, but soon you're going to be going into your own space and she's going to have a right to plant whatever dumb plant she wants to plant. So in that sense, I'm much more sympathetic to Julian than to you. But Julian, listen to me. You can't force your girlfriend to like all the smells that you like. You can't force your life partner to like all the things that you like, to enjoy all the things that you enjoy, to smell all the things that you smell. Rimshot, but a doom. Okay? This is, if you, if you are, I think that it is incredibly rude for Emily to uh, microwave leftovers and go out on the street and eat food out of a, out of a, a takeaway container while you're making a delicious dinner. 
But if she doesn't like that dinner, then, you know, you got to be respectful uh, that this other person is indeed another person who does not like the things that you like. So here's what I'm saying. You have no right to plant anything. You can't even, you don't even have a right to be living where you're living. That said, you have a certain squatter's rights, I guess, to put five-gallon buckets outside of your garage door and grow stuff in it. And if you want to grow this plant, that's fine. But the consequences are going to be that, you're, that your life partner is really mad at you, very, uh, uh, very uh, upset by the smell, and very confused by why you would do something that you know that she doesn't like and has asked you not to do. This is a very provocative thing to do in a committed relationship, and I think you should think seriously before you do it. I am going to suggest a compromise in this case. Because I am concerned that this invasive species of fleabane might in fact take over the entire neighborhood like terrible uh, uh, human-consuming triffids, I will say this. I think the drum set is going to back me up. Get some of the Mexican daisies, put them in a small pot in your house. See if over time, Emily doesn't become accustomed or acclimatized to them. And certainly see if you really love this smell so much that you have to have it in your life all the time and infect the whole neighborhood with it. If after a period of three months, Emily has not changed her mind and or has gone to a doctor to determine whether or not she is a super taster, and she still says, I really don't like that. I'd like you to get rid of it. I order you to comply. It is the obligation that you have to someone that you are trying to share your life with, that you do not force things on them when they specifically do have asked you not to do it. I would prefer to see the flower of your love bloom more than this Mexican daisy weed grow. And thus, uh, uh, this is the sound of a gavel. Your succulence rules, that is all. Please rise as Judge Sean Hodgman exits the courtroom. Emily, do you think that this compromise uh, will be a harbinger of a bright future for this relationship? Or, or do you think that your hyper-powerful sense of smell and Julian's botanical interests mean that uh, this whole thing is doomed from the start? <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll have to take it one, uh, one day at a time, but... We'll have to see. I don't know. It's not very encouraging, Emily. <laughs> no, I think I'll just probably come over less. You know, I'll probably stay over at my place more and come here less in the three months. Well, certainly once you've got that bed lofted. Yes, exactly. Over, over your office slash closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Julian, do you think that this relationship will weather this storm? Yeah, I think so. And who knows how long it's going to take me to root the, the cutting and if whether or not it's going to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I love how she's just like, yeah, and I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish you two the best of luck. Watch out for terrifying rabbit dogs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Well, Judge Hodgman, another very contentious case. Uh, Sorry about oh, that, no, Jesse. the drummer's back. Uh, it's just my guy, uh, uh, my neighbor upstairs likes to, uh, <laughs> the judge next door likes to play the, uh, the tin can. Go ahead. We, no. Hang on, Did hang you? on. Quiet! Sandra Day O'Connor. 
Ever since she retired, she's been getting loopier and loopier. She rented chambers above me, and she's been building a loft. <laughs> she, it's nice that she has personal chambers, though, for when she gets the itch to render judgment. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a couple of matters of taste here on the docket that we can clear out. Let's go. Here's one uh, from Leah. She says, My friend Carolyn and I have a dispute that arose from a recent game of Scattergories. Oh, okay. Is a lamp an appliance? Carolyn says it is because it's something to accomplish a household task that requires energy. Leah says it is not because lamps are not considered by most people to be an appliance, and they wouldn't be found in the appliance section of a store. They would be found amongst the home decor. So, who's right? Is a lamp an appliance? No. A lamp is not an appliance. A lamp is a lamp. That's in lighting. Appliances and small appliances are in appliances and small appliances. An appliance is a catch-all term for anything that is not a lamp. A lamp is very specific. It is a kind of lighting instrument. Here's one from Chang. She writes, My daughter and I have a long-standing argument. She's a beautiful and fashionable young lady who wears many of the clothing brands popular amongst her peer group. Gordon Cottrell, for example. She's a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of the bl- one of the brands is the brand whose name is spelled A-E-R-O-P-O-S-T-A-L-E. Aeropostale. The 12-year-old claims that that word is pronounced air apostle, whereas Chang prefers the French pronunciation, which you just gave us. Yeah. The non-12-year-old answer is almost always correct. <laughs> air apostle is the, uh, the hyper-Catholic-themed uh, uh, sequel that Mel Gibson is making to Air America. But it is not the line of clothing that is Aeropostale. We have one final question from uh, Lise. Yes. It is... Lise. Lise Lice. 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 Sorry, my mistake. You're right. One final question from Lice. Um, When one is at the grocery store, Mm -hmm. whose responsibility is it when in the checkout line to put down the rubber stuff divider? Mm -hmm. The person in front or the person behind? Mm. It's just my own thing. If I am buying my groceries, by which I mean pounds and pounds of cheese. Uh, I'll put it on the belt, and if someone comes up uh, behind me, I will put the divider down on the belt. Is that an issue of courtesy, or is that an issue of a fear that someone is going to be confused and accidentally get my cheese? I think it's more the latter. But it is uh, more common in my life, at least, to put the thing down myself to protect my food from the interloper from behind. Uh, I think that's an evolutionary practice. So, uh, so I'm going to say that that is the appropriate etiquette. What did, what did uh, Lice say? She seems to be caught in between and racked by a combination of rage and guilt. Yeah, I would say Lice just needs to sort of roll with it. I don't think people are getting mad at her as much as she thinks they might be for putting down the divider when she does or for not putting it down when she doesn't. But if I were her... And I think that it's probably a a good rule of thumb for most people. If you are in the grocery line first and someone comes in the line behind you, you should put down the the divider or else someone else will steal your food. I um, have been reading a really tremendous book lately, Judge Hodgman. I just thought I would take this opportunity to mention it. Oh, gosh. It's called That Is All. Oh, I'm familiar with that. 
It's written by someone named Joan Hojman. That's my pseudonym, actually. I may be mispronouncing that. <laughs> yeah, that's my Richard Bachman. It's spelled the same way as my name, but it's pronounced Joan Hojman, so that people will read my book without prejudging it, based on the fact that I ruled in their disfavor on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Many thousands of people subscribe to this podcast, and frankly... And I love they... them all, and I love them all. Well, I don't. Oh, well. Because it has come to my attention that some of them have not yet purchased this book. Oh, gosh. I think that this is an embarrassment not just to this podcast or to podcasting in general or to the world of readers and books, but more than that, it's an embarrassment to all of us who draw breath hey, on listen. this watery world we call Earth. Here's the thing, Jesse. I don't take it quite as seriously as you do. I am not as offended uh, as you as you are. Um, the thing is that I, I wrote this book, that is all. I would be delighted to share it with other people because it is my life's work. But I don't need to bully people or, or cajole people into buying it. After all, there is already a built-in incentive to buy the book, which is that if you buy the book, uh, it relieves you of the obligation to read it. So I hope people will take advantage of this special offer. Uh, and uh, I hope they enjoy it. I, I will mention that I do feel obliged to bully people. And, and I want to let anyone who's decided not to buy the book know that at any moment I might show up there at their door and give them a pounding they won't soon forget. You are a bully by nature, Jesse, and that is why you have gone into the line of uh, pretend law enforcement. That's my signature quality. Uh, the book is available for sale at all of your major websites and at your local independent bookstores. And I hope you will go to areasofmyexpertise.com and find out where I will be coming with the book to a town near you and so that I can sign it for you and apologize on behalf of Jesse for his bullying. If you have a case for the judge, remember to email it to us at hodgman at maximumfun.org and include your contact information, including telephone number. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support this show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Matt Gorley. His great podcast, by the way, is called Super Ego. You can find it in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, email us and be sure and include your telephone number. The email address is hodgman at MaximumFun.org. If you have thoughts about the show, you can always comment on it on our message board, forum.maximumfun.org. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.